Hi, my name is Drian Arney, and I'm a licensed clinical social worker working in private practice in the state of Florida. Welcome to the Cultivative Conversation podcast, where I engage guests in deep conversation using questions designed to assist with building healthy relationships. These questions explore themes of gratitude, nostalgia, sharing, and learning to invoke togetherness and intimacy through conversation. Welcome to another episode of the Cultivative Conversation podcast. I'd like to engage you in a conversation about the relationship between our thoughts, our emotions, and our behavior, which is a primary concept of cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, which is also known as CBT. Understanding CBT and how it works often requires an understanding of what our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are and how they function. When I use the word thoughts, I'm referring to the words that run through our minds as we tell ourselves things about what is happening around us. Our feelings come and go as different things happen to us. Because this is true, we are able to feel many different emotions all in one day, but also in response to any one thing. When talking to clients about their feelings and emotions, I often find it important to validate that all feelings are good. Now, while I absolutely believe that some emotions are uncomfortable, I do not believe that any emotions are bad. I make this distinction because people tend to want and often try to avoid feelings that they consider bad, and this often limits their ability to truly process their experiences and find the healing that they are truly wanting. I also believe that our experience of emotion is a natural part of our body's alarm system, which signals to us when something is happening and may need attention. The movie Inside Out, um, not sure if you're familiar, but this film does a beautiful job of demonstrating the dynamic um, that I just described as far as the importance of acknowledging and validating all emotions as good. And I encourage everyone that has the ability to, to watch it. Our actions are the things that we do and the way that we behave. Our actions are heavily impacted by the way that we feel and think about the things that happen to us. For example, when we feel scared, we are likely to avoid or withdraw from a situation. But when we feel happy, we tend to do nice things for ourselves um, and also for others. Therapist Aid, which is one of my favorite resources to use for finding worksheets to use with clients, has a great worksheet that I use in introducing CBT and in engaging clients in the practice of challenging distressing thoughts. I will include a link to the worksheet in the show notes for anyone who is interested. One of my goals in private practice is to contribute to making therapy accessible and affordable. Becoming a member of the Open Path Collective Network has allowed me to expand my client base and to offer an affordable sliding scale of $30 to $60 per session to clients who cannot afford market rates of $100 to $250 per hour. If you are a licensed clinician who would like to join the Open Path Collective Network, use the link in the show notes to sign up and let Open Path know that I sent you. The worksheet I referenced does include an example. However, for this episode, I've created an example of my own that I'd like to use in walking you through how this practice of challenging a distressing thought may look. My example is about Angel. Angel's supervisor has sent her an email asking her to provide her availability for the next week because she'd like to meet with Angel. 
Angel's initial thought is, she wants to meet with me because I did something wrong. Based on this belief, Angel feels worried, scared, anxious, and nervous. Angel responds, and this is her behavior, by clicking out of the email and avoiding her supervisor for the rest of the day. I'd like you to take a moment to think about why Angel's response in this situation can be harmful to her and about what you might encourage her to do. One potential harm that I identified is that Angel was now at risk for accomplishing the one thing that she is fearful of, doing something that she would be reprimanded for by ignoring her supervisor's request. As Angel's therapist, I would facilitate her practice of reframing. Reframing is the process through which we challenge distressing or harmful thoughts by identifying new ways of thinking about a situation that would support our ability to respond more effectively. Let's practice together. What else could be true about Angel's situation that would be helpful for her to consider? Some new thoughts in answering this question may include, my supervisor might be wanting to talk to me about something I did wrong, but it's also possible that she wants to speak about something else. I don't know for sure. Another thought may be, my supervisor may have concerns that have nothing to do with me. A final thought that I identified for this example is, my supervisor may not have concerns at all and wants to check in on how I'm doing. The list can go on and on, um, but the goal would be to assist Angel with identifying alternative thoughts that reflect what could also be true about her situation. And it also trigger more comfortable emotions and influence her follow through with more effective behavior. In identifying new thoughts, Angel may continue to feel nervous about the unknown. However, she is likely to feel more encouraged and motivated to schedule a meeting with her supervisor, which in turn would support her ability to avoid the unwanted consequence of a reprimand for being non-compliant. The relationship between our thoughts, feelings, and behavior is multidirectional. This means that our practice of reframing does not always have to start with new thoughts. Sometimes it's more effective or even easier, depending on where we are, to start by identifying how we want to feel or behave differently in a situation, then moving forward with identifying how this new feeling or behavior shifts the other parts of our experience. I hope that this information was helpful and welcome any questions or reflections that you may have while or after listening to this episode. Please feel free to share using any of the contact information that I have listed below in the show notes. Thank you for joining me for this Cultivative Conversation. If you have not already, please subscribe to the Cultivative Conversation podcast and share this episode with a friend.